Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Doug. And I'm Derek. And is your spider sense tingling? Yummy friends! <laughs> To listen to the show, find us on foureyedradio.com and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And of course, we'd like to thank our yummy friends, our spectacular <laughs> patrons, <laughs> Bo, Carl, Eric, Katie, Jason, and David. <laughs> yummy. <laughs> I simply had to. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you did. <laughs> um... We're talking about Venom uh, in episode four. Yep. We're here. You know what, though? This literally happens every single time. I know. It's wild how early that they're introducing the symbiote. And it's like, no, every single show that ever has done Venom, it's always like five episodes in. Spectacular Spider-Man was actually weird for waiting like seven episodes for it. MTV was weird for not having it at all, but we know why. But like, it's just like, it happened again where I was like, Oh my God, we're here at Venom. It's so fast. And then I thought back to countless other series, like you're Uh saying, where this exact thing happened. So, you know what? (laughs) We're here and it's normal, actually. (laughs) Yeah. So funny. It's not not even the only episode that's entitled Venom because the 2017 show also had an episode just entitled Venom that wasn't even the first Venom episode. So great. (laughs) Great. Love it. Um, If you want to watch uh, this not early and totally normally timed Venom episode with us, uh, you can do that on Disney+. Plus. This entire show is there, uh, making it very easy to access. And of course, we are talking about Ultimate Spider-Man. This is Season 1, Episode 4, entitled Venom. Did you get the sample? You have no idea, Mr. Osborne. I've isolated the deadliest aspects of Spider-Man's DNA. It's incredible. Distilled aggression, pure venom. Ah! Here, eat the nerve. Get it off me! Flash! Tell me he rented a lion. All life is sacred, creature, but what you're doing is wrong. I can hear its thoughts. They're... they're... they're confused. Spider-Man, it wants... you? Enough is enough! You're not hurting anyone else on this team. You want me so bad? Come get me. I am... Venom! Synopsis for this one per IMDb is 
Dr. Octopus's newest creation, Venom, an unstable clone derived from a blood sample from Spider-Man, shows up at Harry Osborn's house party and attacks Spider-Man and the other trainees jumping from host to host. A lot to unpack in that synopsis. There sure is. Also, and, and like in, in that, there's a lot of things that happen in this episode that are like, huh. But also, synopsis-wise, the other trainees, I feel like it's, I don't, I mean, I guess I've that they are shield trainees, but I never would have called them that. Yeah, that seems weird. Just call they're them just the team. team. Yeah, they're just a team. <laughs> the other trainees. <laughs> we established last week that they are a team and consider themselves as such. It just like feels like it's like they, they're like new employees of Best Buy or something. <laughs> like <laughs> now I'm imagining all five of them wearing khaki pants and polos. I and I really that, like that. That's very funny. That, Seems like a joke that this show would do for a cutaway somehow. <laughs> oh, no. It's seeping <laughs> into my brain. <laughs> <laughs> the original air date for this episode was April 15th, 2012. It was written by Man of Action and James Felder. Oh, we we're talked- getting super close to the release of Avengers, aren't we? Oh, my God. Well, yeah, it was like, oh, when was that? I'm was assuming it, the end it was of- May. It was the end of April beginning of May. No, I think it was May. I think it was like. Yeah, I think it might have been like, you know, May 1st, like the first week of May or something like that. Hmm. Um, we'll, we'll mark it when it comes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, we talked a lot about Man of Action uh, last week extensively. So check out that episode if you want to hear about that writing collective. There's a lot of great uh, info that we have from that. Uh, James Felder, though, we've never talked about him before. He actually mainly works as a writing teacher at NYU, oh. interestingly. Uh, but he has been a comic book editor and or writer on a handful of Marvel comics as well. So he definitely uh, has his hand in the in the Marvel comics world. In television specifically, he has written for Generator Rex, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Ben 10, and the 2007 uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So okay. a lot of stuff that's like come up before with this, with Makes this group sense. of writers. So. Yeah. This episode was directed by Alex Soto. We talked about him on our number 173 episode, Great Power. Uh, I mentioned in that that one that he directs a ton of episodes of the show, so his name surely is just going to keep popping up. Obviously, we are introduced to Venom here. And here's a neat thing. Uh, Steven Weber, Norman's voice actor, provides the voice of the symbiote, which has its own voice. And Matt Lanter, Harry's voice actor, provides the voice of Venom. Which That's I suppose we can get into wild. Uh, based on how this episode plays out. But it is interesting that they split it in two, given yeah. that Venom does have a single voice actor. That's I guess, really interesting. I guess if I think about it, it probably just has to do with who they are naming Venom. Because as oh. the synopsis said, like it jumps from person to person. So I'm, I, I think if I'm thinking, speci- we're jumping way ahead, but I'm thinking oh specifically of Iron Fist hosting it. It's just yeah. Iron Fist voice, right? Uh, but then when is, when is Norman's voice actor voicing the symbiote? Oh, wait a second. Interesting. No, 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 no. Okay. Let's, let's get, you know what? Let's do this as we cover the episode. Okay. Because I bet we'll figure it out. Well, because I also I wonder if the Matt Lanner credit is just a spoiler, <laughs> but <laughs> like that it's wrong on IMDb. But we'll talk about it. No, it's it, it's it's he's credited as Venom in the show. I don't know. Okay, like in the credits of the show, I checked. Oh, that you saw. Okay. Oh, I checked huh. because I it was such a weird way to credit it on IMDb that I went back to yeah. the credits in the episode to check. That is fascinating. Yeah. Then. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's still. I mean, it it could be the same thing, but what I didn't do was go back and listen to Venom's voice. But it would probably be so hard to tell because there's probably so many layers of like, right? Uh, you know, 
filters or whatever on it anyway. Yeah. I bet he's the voice of when Spider-Man is Venom, maybe. That's what I'm I, guessing. I don't think that that was Drake Bell. I don't think it was, and they're treated as kind of two entities more so than with the other other characters. Yeah. All right, let's talk. Let's but I thought that was interesting. I just thought it was. Yeah, and and, that and is the bananas. symbiote does speak before it takes a host, so I'm assuming that is when Steven Weber is doing that. It. Okay, I think that makes sense. Yeah. But that's still like just such a fascinating choice. Right? Isn't it? Yeah. 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 Huh. Thought that huh. was was uh strange. Huh. Yeah. Strange if weird. only because it's unconventional. So Yeah. And you could have just had one voice actor that could do monster voices do yeah. all symbiote related things in this episode. Yeah, so for sure. For sure. Very interesting. Anywho, let's get into what actually happens here now that we've talked about things that happen at the end. <laughs> <laughs> So this episode opens with Spider-Man being chased on his motorcycle. No! <laughs> I do. Okay. I was so mad. I still don't like the motorcycle, but it they at least give it like weird cool. Cool is a strong word, but like yeah. they give it like red lighting. So it at least isn't just like gray motorcycle yeah. shield tech. You the know, it still looks good. like shield tech, but it they at least needs- added some red lights it needs a paint job it needs more than just red lights i know paint job i know but at least he's not on it for very long it's no whatever he's Um, definitely not because he's just he's being chased by an octobot which comes out of nowhere yeah Um, and no lead up to that the design of the octobot is like just the squid from the matrix like it fully is it fully is it kind of yeah. looks cool, but it is exactly yeah. that. It is, yeah. it is definitely that. I mean, it's a cool fucking design in the Matrix, so you know yeah. what? If you're going to copy it, why not? Like, yeah. it looks copy cool. Copy something cool. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, it is wild to just open the episode with that. Like, he hasn't even met Doctor uh, Doc Ock, doesn't even know who he is. Look. It's just like he just gets attacked by a robot with tentacles on it. I could have, I could have, we could have talked about Doc Ock in the character highlight section pretty much uh at least three out of four of these weeks but it's just so clear that they're building up to something yeah that we'll we'll do it then but he's in almost all these episodes yeah so weird they won't even show his face okay this episode is the most that he's said out of out of anyone that we've watched i was debating because he does say a lot but i still feel Mm. like they're very clearly building towards a doc ock episode because we're gonna have to have a conversation about yes exactly but we get an octobot here which is exciting if yeah. not unexpected. So yeah. um, he's being chased by this Octobot through a New York City subway tunnel. And after the Octobot jabs Spidey in the butt cheek, which isn't just a joke, uh, he receives a call from Fury reminding him that he does have weapons. In fact, he has electro webbing and maybe he should try it out. So he attempts to use this webbing and initially he misses. But when the Octobot pins him to the subway tracks, he's able to connect his electro webbing to, I guess, like the third rail or some sort of like electrical conduit thing and essentially electrocutes himself and the octobot that's pinning him down uh which seems very painful but is apparently a thing spider-man can do because he'll do it more than once yeah in the sequence one of the cutaways that i do like is like spidey kind of just talking about how like robots hate him basically it was so funny (laughs) yeah and then and then it's basically a little fantasy sequence that just i like that there's some a couple of deep cuts in it because it's just a little fantasy sequence of like cartoon spidey running from cartoon versions of some marvel robots Mm -hmm. so dr doom first of all it makes sense he was in the last episode as a doom bot so makes sense but the other two they pull they don't they don't they don't do like any obvious they don't do like vision or something like that they do um dragon man who like is like a fantastic four character that's like a a a robot that looks like a dragon man basically which is 
f- cool as fuck, which is also why he makes the joke like, you're not a dragon or a man, which is very funny. <laughs> and then the other one is Herbie, the robot from the Fantastic Four cartoon. Everyone's favorite. <laughs> Everyone's favorite. I'm assuming Herbie's probably like been retroactively added to the comics or something, probably. Oh, but probably. Most well known for the where like for replacing Fantastic Four, uh, <laughs> re- replacing the human torch in the Fantastic Four cartoon from the... Was it 60s, 70s, I think? I don't know. Oh. Um, but, but it's just funny that like those are the references they pull. And it's like Herbie's not even like a villain in, in any context. <laughs> so like to make the cute little robot just like attacking Spider-Man. Just yeah. be like, see, robots hate me. Every robot just hates me. I kind of love that joke, actually. Yeah. And the cutaways in this episode specifically all have, I, I, all, I don't know, but so many of them have like really great, funny cartoon animation and style like they're just Mm -hmm. so goofy and silly and stupid yeah i love it i agree i love it so he does manage to get away from the octobot it is successful this is one that he uh manages to escape however he does not escape with his suit intact uh the ass of his spidey suit has been torn out har har everyone sees his butt and also after he flips off a tiny little robot pops out of one of the Octobot's tentacles and reports that the bio sample is obtained. So funny that that's like, you know, like kid, like, aha, I saw your butt humor is like important to the plot. <laughs> like, I, yeah. like, that's so funny to when me. When it poked also, him in the butt, I was like, this could go easily, equally, either just a joke or actually relevant. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny that it's actually relevant. And also... I love acknowledging that Spider-Man doesn't wear underwear. He's bare ass under there. We've talked about this. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. We're always saying if they ever show Spider-Man in underwear, they're lying. That's there's no fucking underwear under this show will not lie to you. Yeah. Except it's almost a guarantee that we're gonna get someone in boxers later. (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah. But you know, still. But this wasn't a cutaway. This was this was in the subway station in front of a bunch of New Yorkers. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So later that morning, Peter ends up late too and locked out of school because I guess they lock the school when That's the bell rings. Actually, no, that is a thing. Is that a thing? Okay. Yeah, my actually, yeah, I, I I was thinking the same thing you were, which is like that doesn't happen. Wait, no, my you're school right. literally did that, so I don't know. My school did that too. It's like only <laughs> the front the front office door is open, but the one that students would use. That's a good point. I don't know why I thought that was weird when it was literally my experience. Yeah, I mean, if, well, it's been a very long time since we were in high school, Doug. So it's <laughs> what? Hard. Maybe those no. memories have faded a little bit. Um, <laughs> my famously good memory. <laughs> right, right. But yeah, okay, so he's locked out. Harry has to let him in. And this, uh, you know, cues Peter to reflecting on how good of a friend that Harry has been to him throughout the years. You know, he always has his back. See this case of him letting uh, Peter in, knowing that he'd be late and Mm -hmm. joking about buying him a watch company (laughs) so he could have a watch. (laughs) I don't know why I'm laughing as hard as I am right now, because that is weird. (laughs) It's it's weird. Like, like it's a weird thing to say to your friend who you know is poor. (laughs) The the joke, the joke is, is that he's like, I should buy you a watch since you're late. 
Or I could just buy you a whole watch company. Like the joke yeah. being that he is like reflecting on how rich he is. Right. But it is like a shitty thing to say right? to your poor friend. Yeah. <laughs> Although like... I guess, I guess, you know, Aunt May is hip and does work. So oh, that's true. Maybe he's not poor. Maybe finances are not an issue in this yeah. version. <laughs> the finances have not come up at all in this show. So, yeah. I mean, and she's yeah, got a job. <laughs> she's got a job. She works. Mm-hmm. She's fiercely taping in that computer before she goes to yoga. <laughs> coolest aunt may in the world right still a weird thing to say harry mm-hmm. but um yeah harry reminds him that he's having a movie night while norman's out of town uh but before that conversation could like really go anywhere ava and the shield crew interrupt ava calls peter pd by the way which i was very oh, deeply offended by on i did Alan's not behalf. like that I did no. not like that at all no, no that is liz that is spectacular spider-man yeah liz allen's thing no one else can call him pd granted she doesn't call him pd affectionately whatsoever doesn't matter i didn't like it (laughs) yeah no no one else can call him pd or at least earn it (laughs) at least earn it yeah at least earn it but uh but yeah they 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 interrupt and are sort of like we gotta go and peter has to sort of like make this excuse uh, for them to like kind of pull away from his best friend in the middle of their conversation. He can't come up with a good excuse. They have all cut away of a wheel of excuses, which is a funny gag because it's a laugh. Spider-Man thing. Yeah. I, I, I like that because that that's like completely, you know, owing up to what they, what they said their yeah. entire premise for the fourth wall breaks are right. Which is like Spider-Man always narrates and stuff. So let's see what's happening in his head and visualize it. That is such a Spider-Man thing of trying to come up with excuses and lies for his superhero. Yeah. So I like to literally see that on screen and he can't like the wheel keeps spinning, <laughs> misses any potentially good excuse. And it comes up with, uh, we're all in a sandwich club. And you know, Harry, like, like responds to this as if it's or no it, uh, harry doesn't really respond to this at all i think one of who, somebody responds as if it was, sandwich I think club it's is, sam i think it's sam, sam. yeah yeah responses of sandwich club wouldn't be like the raddest club ever i would absolutely join sandwich club are you kidding well and it's not even it's not even that like oh that would be cool it's also like that's not a bad idea for a club because sandwiches are <laughs> a, like that good? is a, that actually could be edu- they're good but that actually could be educational like if you want to really justify it and have like a faculty advisor or whatever like that is a cultural thing <laughs> like exploring different kinds of foods and food combinations you can have a guest a guest speaker like a professional culinary chef come in as your guest speaker to talk about like flavor profiles and stuff and like you would explore that through sandwiches like that's gen- genuinely not a bad idea for like a student-led organization honestly beyond okay, just it's I'm fun just going to, to eat, eat sandwiches i mean sure <laughs> i'm just saying it could be a really fun club to be in too yeah no it it, it you could do really cool stuff with it but also so, sorry for sandwiches. pulling a sorry for pulling a white tiger and being a bl- wet blanket on everyone else's fun <laughs> with my brain how dare you (laughs) (laughs) no but that's exactly how the club would be right there would be like actual sort of like structure to it but like half the people there would just be like we got sandwiches this week or no yeah i mean sure (laughs) that's what most student clubs are though right it's like half of them better than just getting pizza at every single club like at least it's some variety you know that's true and i like pizza but but it is possible to get sick of pizza right. at a certain point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So meanwhile, while they are at Sandwich Club, uh, this tiny robot with Spider-Man's bio sample returns to Otto Octavius, who excitedly isolates the deadliest aspects of Spider-Man's DNA. Sure, buddy. And creates what he calls distilled aggression, pure venom. 
and it okay. does a little scary dance in a little tube. I mean, okay. I'm conflicted, <laughs> Derek. I'm I, I I'm I will admit that I am conflicted. I don't feel like I know strongly where I land on this. Like Yeah, I'm kind of the same way cuz I do kind of like just the uh I don't want to say elegance, but like the ability to so quickly just throw out this concept. Um that doesn't really require a lot of backstory. Just be like, we made a thing out of Spider-Man's DNA and it's evil. And that's all you need to know. And that's, that literally is just the episode, right? Like you don't need any other backstory or anything else behind that. Um, and I, and I do also, and I do also appreciate that. Like this is one of those cases where they are trying to pull from the ultimate comics clearly, especially like later in the episode, electricity is venom's weakness and that that's right from Mm -hmm. the ultimate comics too. ultimate Spider-Man venom. It's like a cure for cancer that accidentally sort of develops into venom and then sort of attaches itself to Spider-Man and then gets involved. I think I prefer this over that. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I I don't know how the comic handles it, but no, I think think the comic handles it well because it's tied into Eddie Brock's backstory too. Oh, okay. I, I, I think the comic, I like, I, I, I like the comic version of Venom in, in terms of like if it's trying to do a sort of more grounded version of it, like that's probably what the Spider-Man game is probably going to riff on, right? It's sort of like a medical thing that's that's created that just all, just goes bad, like a medical experiment gone bad mm. kind of mm-hmm. thing, right? Um, I think that you can I think you can work with that. I think that they're obviously trying to riff on that by making it like a human made organism. Uh, you know, just a science experiment gone wrong, which is, you know, very Spider-Man and everything. Um, and they just sort of distilled, they got rid of all the extra backstory and distilled that into, we made a thing, we made a biological thing based on Spider-Man that's evil. So I appreciate like what they're doing with that and trying to really condense that into just like a, and streamline that into just a very simple story. Um, but like, is it too simple? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. See, here's the thing. I, I can't actually think of reasons why I don't like it other than it is just not anything yeah. that I've seen them do before. Sure. And I'm not as married to Venom's origin needing to be what I grew up with it being, largely as a result of us watching so many cartoons that do it yeah. differently, right? So, like, I don't actually know what about it doesn't sit right with me so i guess that's fine like that's that's sort of the weird conflict i have like i I don't have any issue i think part of it is like i guess the fact that i've been like waiting for dr octopus to be you know something within the show and like the first thing that he is is like the creator of venom um Mm. i don't know if that's something there but it's part of it i think it's ultimately fine and they actually they like this jumps ahead but it doesn't it's not like specifically super relevant to when they say it but like they've basically taken a piece of spider-man out and have grown it to you know in a lab or whatever and then that piece of spider-man wants to get back to spider-man which is how they intersect which makes perfect sense like like it's weird sci-fi shit but it makes sense to me so even that feels like it's constructed fine you know? Yeah, I think it's fine. I think that what one thing I do like about this episode, this is getting in the weeds, but like the 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 premise of like the the ultimate premise, like the actual full action stuff. The main plot of this episode is basically like their version of Venom is just hopping from host to host, essentially, yeah. right? And I do think that it's riffing on a lot of like alien 
invasion of the body snatchers type th- types of things. And oh, this is ways... like exactly that Venom inspired by the Thing comic that we read. Yeah, and I feel like that f- works really well with like an alien, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like it feels like it works less well with just this like magic evil uh, thing thing made in a lab. Like it's it does it's not that that mm. doesn't work, but mm-hmm. I feel like knowing the context that Venom is normally an alien, and knowing that like they're sort of playing on alien sort of types of storyline tropes like alien monster stuff like i like this idea of like your first venom episode isn't like he secretly made a suit and spider-man doesn't know it or whatever i like that the first episode it does treat it like it's a monster it treats it like it's a creature that is just jumping host to host and Mm -hmm. how do you defeat this ooze but it being a creature makes a lot of sense if it is an actual living creature like from space or something Mm -hmm. i feel like it's 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 hard to consider it like a biological living organism when it's like Doc Ock made this ooze out of Spider-Man's DNA in a lab. Like, where okay. did its consciousness come from, I guess? I think, like, no. I know that's getting too in the weeds, but, like, I no. think that's subconsciously it's hard to not get past that. I don't think know? it's getting too into the weeds. I just think that this, I think exactly what you're talking about will be easier to talk about when we get to it actually jumping from host to host. Yeah. Like, I yeah. like what you're talking about. I think we just got to get through some stuff before we well, really dig into some of yeah. what I think is going to form how I feel about that. Yeah. And I think the other thing, too, is in Ultimate Comics, um, I could be misremembering, but I feel like at least the stuff that I read, like, the 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 Venom symbiote in the comics, because it was sort of like this medical thing that sort of, you know, grew out of control, it wasn't really like it was like it had a, it had its own personality as much as like the alien in like the 616 comics right like it was much more of just like this like force of nature that was sort of like killing you and keeping you alive at the same time or whatever like i'll have to, I think, I'll have to read that because like yeah i i got to know how it all plays out cuz i don't know why maybe it's just me in this moment for some reason but like it feels so cruel for it to be like the result of like attempting to cure cancer like i get how you get from point a to point b but that feels so mean (laughs) (laughs) which i guess is a weird thing to say when you're talking about venom yeah um but you've got me very intrigued i'm gonna have to make sure i read it yeah it's been a very long time so i maybe i'm misremembering details but i'll have to check it out again but that's like you know that that's kind of how it explains like yeah that version of venom like eats people and stuff right and it's because it's, it needs to consume people to like stay yeah. alive right um just because it's sort of like this very heavily biological right. kind of situation there so yeah no that makes yeah. perfect sense mm-hmm. fascinating fascinating yeah well i do think we'll have a lot more to say about that when it when it emerges as we what should... it becomes we should read some more Ultimate Spider-Man comics for Patreon or something like that, too. I think we, we definitely should, because I'm going to want to read it anyway. So we yeah. may as well talk about it. Let's do it. So we've got this distilled aggression, pure venom, right? Norman comes in. He checks in on what Otto's doing. Um, and Otto explains that Norman could, instead of just having an army with Spider-Man's powers, have an army clad in living armor that grants Spider-Man's powers, which I guess is different probably different than what norman was anticipating right norman was probably just anticipating a serum or something yeah who would expect um, living ooze armor like wh- how, who even comes up with that yeah so. <laughs> uh i guess otto otto's the only one uh he kind of did have that vision huh of like uh a living suit hmm. anyway so yeah, it's just weird that he i don't know it, it the, the livingness of it is just 
yeah. strange. Um, it is. It, when you could, I feel like it. I feel like you could have just found an alien <laughs> if they're going to go in this route. But. Right. Well, but here's the thing: is like this point in the episode, I'm not thinking that yet. It's later yeah. in the episode where I start thinking what you're thinking. Yeah. Because at this point, he's literally just holding up like a thing of ooze that sometimes looks like it might have a face. You know. <laughs> yeah. Just right. like here's a gross oozy thing, and mm-hmm. what if you like spread it over someone's body like frosting and it was armor like it's not really like anything at this point (laughs) yeah yeah yes um so i don't yeah 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 but anyway he's like norman can i have some more time to work on this and norman's like no give it to me by tonight and he's like all right fine i'll give it to you by tonight (laughs) so another great norman and otto conversation i'm really hoping that we get Fewer of these because I I just want whatever they're building towards yeah. with Otto to happen already. I know it's only been four episodes, but like but just give it to me. Kinda, yeah. Just give it to me. It's not interesting enough to drag it out for that much longer. Honestly, it's so. just that it they're teasing it so heavily, right? It's not yeah. like they're building it slowly. It's like it was immediately established. Yeah, I think it'll come sooner than we think. It's it does. gotta. It's got. Yeah. It has to. It has to. Yeah. It has to. So back at Midtown, the S.H.I.E.L.D. team makes fun of Peter's ass out incident on the subway. Uh, <laughs> and I would, too. And they ask, why didn't you tell us about the Octobot kerfuffle? Like, we could have helped. And this sparks another argument about Peter's personal life and his boundaries. He literally just showed up to school, though. I don't understand what they expected from him. Like, he says that. He's like, I just got here. But, like, when did they think he was going to tell them about it? Or are we? I wait, think the implication is that. a long time th- ago. I think they. No, no, no. It's the same day. I think they thought he, as their team member, should have called them to help. But his whole thing is like, I, Spider-Man, alone. This is my boundary. I agreed upon this with Nick Fury, which is what he tells them. So I think that's what they're upset about is like, why didn't you let us help? Wait, but also, so does that mean Doc Ock just like he got his DNA and made this like amazing breakthrough in technology by creating Venom in like an hour? Maybe. I think he's like it less and less the more that I think about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of part of what I think uh was a shock to me was how fast it happens but also yeah. like i don't know how much i can hold that against this show yet like I mean, i'm not sure. sure you know so sure I, I i it it does happen really fast seemingly but i also don't i mean i don't know that this show is as weird about time as like the 90s show or 2017 sometimes get i think this one tends to be a little bit clearer because yeah. i do think peter goes directly from the subway incident to school Mm-hmm. So, I guess yeah, Otto does basically create this thing in a matter of a morning or a couple hours. I wow. don't know. I think there's a way, they don't they don't explain it, but I think there's a way that that can be viable. Really, I guess, but if 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 Otto Octavius has has done all the research and created all the methods and just needs the DNA sample, that's true. Like I I could see it. Okay, yeah, that works. That's fine. <laughs> it's, it's a stupid thing to get hung up on. I guess that, that's getting too nitpicky. <laughs> I do think there's a conversation there, though. I, I get where you're coming from. It, yeah. Something about it is still feels off, and I don't know what yeah. it is. Yeah. So, anyway, this does spark an argument at the school. This this Octobot kerfuffle and Spider-Man not telling them, um, and they're arguing about boundaries. And ultimately, this ends with Harry walking by their table while they're arguing, as Sam makes the stupid comment about not needing to kiss up to money bags anymore for cash because Peter has a job, which is interesting because that implies that S.H.I.E.L.D. pays him. Yeah, there's no way. Not a chance. Not (laughs) Not a chance. chance. No way. 
But Harry hears this, slams his lunch down on their table to make sure that they know he heard this, and he storms off. Yeah, rightfully so. Sam kind of sucks. I'm not not warming up to him yet. Hopefully that'll happen eventually, but so far. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean... Yeah, I mean, like Sam, he's supposed I think, to be—he's me- supposed to be the antagonistic, yeah. like hothead. I get that, yeah. but it's like there is nothing charming about this dude whatsoever no. at any point. So, no, I wonder. Yeah, I wonder <laughs> what the timeline will be. Right, like I'm—I'm I'm assuming we talked about this in the very first episode. Like, I think that, or I guess this was the second episode we talked about. I think that it will be very easy to predict what Sam's stories will be, and one of them will absolutely be the one where he learns to be less of a dick. You know what I mean? God, I hope so. Yeah, I, It has to. It's got to happen at some to. point. Because you can be a lovable hothead. Oh, yeah, for you know? sure. But, like, sure. Human Torch is sometimes completely annoying, you know? Yeah. And Spider-Man me, sometimes is. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So, I think we'll get there. I think it's, you know, they're, they're still feeling each other out. Yeah. Well, Peter tries to attempt to smooth things over with Harry, but fails uh, pretty quickly, mostly because, you know, like like usual Spider-Man stuff, you can't tell him about his superheroing. So it has to kind of try to make excuses about uh, his teammates that like he can't really call his friends, but can't explain who they are to him, um, which, you know, so Harry just kind of storms off. Uh, MJ steps in and suggests that Peter invite the S.H.I.E.L.D. team to Harry's movie night so that everybody can hang out and you know, it'll just be, it'll be just like old times, except with more friends now, which you know, is not a bad idea. Well, I was going to say, you know how we talk about MJ's superpower being like social dynamics and sure. interpersonal skills. I feel like this one's a miss. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, like, I, I feel I like it would make more from, sense though. if they were inviting Harry to hang out with them as opposed to inviting people oh, to go to Harry's house. <laughs> I, I guess I was thinking I was thinking from this from from MJ's point of view that she clearly has already hung out with them. Like she was sitting with them mm. what was it, the last episode oh, yeah, or yeah, whatever? Yeah, she was. She yeah. just hung out with them. She she was getting Sam's homework and stuff like that. Like she's she clearly has no issues with them. Um and so I think from her her point of view, she also is with Peter where she's just like, Yeah, they're cool. Harry's the one who just needs to get to know them. Sure. So that's why she's thinking put the ball put the ball in Peter's court to bring him over. Cause she knows that they will get along once they get to know each other because she's got along with them. But I see what you're saying though. It's a miss from just like a social point of view. It's just kind of generally. a faux pas, right? Yeah. Cause it's sort of like, Oh, you invited the people that I specifically don't like and am mad at to my party. <laughs> like, what are you doing? No, it's not even a party at this point. It is a movie night. Right. Which it would be, be better if it affair. were a party. Yeah, it's an it's an, like an intimate affair <laughs> where it's supposed to just be like a few best friends hanging out and you're inviting these four people that I specifically am mad at and don't like yeah. over to my house without asking me. That I see what you're saying. That actually <laughs> is very shitty now that I think about it. <laughs> I wouldn't like it. <laughs> no, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> You're just basically like shoving, like, no, you guys have to hang out. They're at your house now. Yeah. You have to be nice to them. Like, fuck you, man. Yeah. You know how you're <laughs> worried that um, these friends are taking me away from you? What if I bring them to the thing you yeah. and I were going to do together? <laughs> yeah. Without them having even, like, apologized for, like, saying, like, an objectively <laughs> shitty thing right. about him. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Okay, you know what? <laughs> These teenagers need to get their shit together real bad. <laughs> I do think it comes from the spirit of like encouraging Peter to be the one to mend the bridge. 
uh, or yeah. build the bridge or whatever whatever I think that's why is. my first instinct but. would just be like oh that's not a bad idea but then like every detail it's like the worst way possible <laughs> I there's a there's a version of that situation where yeah you get them into the same room to hang out and they see each other you know they see that they're fine yeah. there is a version of that that makes sense but inviting them over to a <laughs> to an intimate movie night at at, at, at at the wronged person's yeah. house like is a terrible idea what are you doing mj <laughs> yeah not necessarily what i would think i also have a question yeah why don't i mean i guess the answer is then you wouldn't have the tension or the conflict but like uh-huh. they all literally work together like they are essentially co-workers who are trying to become friends why is their oh. alibi not just that they work together? Good job. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah, I think that they probably just, I think the writers were sort of like, let's just make this as awkward as possible. But yeah, I think that would be the smarter move for everyone. Sam literally calls it a job. Yeah. He literally calls it a job. I mean, that should have been something that like Nick Fury or Phil Coulson or somebody came up with. for yeah. Just be like your part-time job is working for our front. That right. actually, honestly, that's literally okay. what the MCU did. <laughs> they were yeah. like, you work for Tony Stark, which I think yeah. is way more suspicious than the MCU ever makes it be. But sure. Shield would but be even, so much easier. No, but I think, I think not even that, I think it would be really, I think it, there would be a place for comedy actually. It's what you think of kind of like, um, Oh my God. What on, if they literally did work together? Well, no, I'm saying <laughs> what if they, what if she, instead of doing this bullshit with Phil Coulson being their principal, which I still don't really care for yeah. very much. You have it be, they have, they quote unquote, get part-time jobs at like a Froyo shop that Phil Coulson pretends oh to be the boss of or something, God. something like that. Like that's kind of like ah. with, uh, on, on, um, I'm thinking like on, on Chuck, uh, you know, that's a show about spies, but they play it for comedy. And like, so their covers are like working at a Best Buy riff or like, you know, a wiener shop or a Froyo shop or whatever. Like they do that. And, and, and you, and you can play a lot of comedy out of it, a balancing having this like fake part-time job, but also you do have to pretend to work there. And like the way that those things kind of intersect oh in weird God. ways. This is yeah. where they get to wear their khakis and their polos. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I think it uh, would have been. Be- I mean, I know that they're trying to get tension out of it, yeah, but also sure. this show's trying to get comedy out of stuff. I think you could still get comedy out of that and still get some tension where Harry's like, "You spend all your time at this new job and not with me, and yeah. it's just a stupid, a stupid part time job." I could give you the money that you make there or something like that. Like, there's plenty of of drama you can still mine from that while making it better than like this awkward like Phil Coulson brings them the detention bullshit that like I I don't think is that good, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think that would be really fun. Yeah. Damn. We should be man of action, actually. Well, I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> man of um, uh, uh, doing. <laughs> man of somewhat committing to things. I was going to say, I was trying to think of like a lower increment of action, and I just, I totally failed. Couldn't think of it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how good you are at writing, yeah. obviously. So great. <laughs> That good, everybody. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so we cut to Harry's place where Norman's heading out. And uh, Harry's trying to tell him what's going on with between he and Pete. But Norman is just becomes fixated on this news story about Spider-Man and reminds Harry he left $1,000 in case Harry gets hungry and leaves. So that's the kind of father that Norman Osborn is. This is totally like how much could a banana cost, right? That's what yeah, this is. I, that, no, I think that, that that's the joke. I think it's absolutely the joke. This this show does like to 
play up on Harry's richness a lot. Yeah. Like just, just like, isn't it funny how out of touch this rich kid is? <laughs> uh, and I think that that's absolutely what it is. Yeah. Norman genuinely is just like, I mean, when I go out to dinner, it's like at least hundreds oh of dollars God. for every meal that I have. If you're, if you're going to be gone for a couple of days, it's going to cost a thousand dollars. Right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It is really just like an echo of that. I'll buy you a watch company. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. I kind of like that. Um, cause not a lot, you know, I feel like, I don't know. I, I feel like that gets played up on sometimes, but since again, this is kind of a comedy show, like there's room to just like kind of escalate that even more where it's just like Harry yeah. really is so rich and, and out of this world. It genuinely doesn't make sense that he's going to a public school. I was like, just, at all. yeah, it really puts him like out of place. Yeah. Which, you know, I think is funny. I think yeah. you can get comedy out of that with just how out of touch he is with everyone else and how ridiculous it is that this absurdly rich kid is in the orbit of, of every other character. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We also get this very brief moment where because Norman is ignoring Harry for this news story about Spider-Man, Harry wonders to himself if he might get Norman's attention if he were Spider-Man. Interesting. Well, interesting. Interesting. I think we could put a pin in that for the future of Harry Osborne in this yeah, show. Yeah, it didn't really register with me at first, um, yeah. that comment, because of the way it was uh, presented. So yeah. good on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. So the S.H.I.E.L.D. team arrives at Harry's, where they're welcomed by Flash, who, which is a surprise given that this was supposed to be, you know, a, movie a casual night. movie night. <laughs> um, and instead, it's actually a rambunctious party with, like, the entire school there uh, partying, hanging out, probably getting totally fucking smashed. So. Yep. Yep. Not what anyone expected, including MJ, who's just like, <laughs> I didn't know this either. So Harry uh, attempts to explain the party, and uh, Peter attempts to explain that he brought the S.H.I.E.L.D. crew and Norman learns from Otto that the new life form extracted from Spider-Man's DNA has just escaped. Oh, no. Huh? You've had it for not even 12 hours not and it's already broken out. Happened entirely off screen when no one was looking. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Maybe this is my issue with this episode, actually. Um, I, you know but, what? I think it is. I think it is. I think it's the idea yeah. behind how things happen is fine. Like, yeah. the explanation for how Venom is created, fine. The people involved in its creation, fine. The fact that it escapes and is trying to get back to Spider-Man, fine. But yeah, I think the fact that it relies so heavily on not being on screen, that I think is the issue. Yeah. Everything happens off screen. Everything happens just yeah. in between scenes. Everything happens so fast. And then that's the, the second you think about it, it's just like, this happened over the span of one day. Like, mm-hmm. all of this. This doesn't make any sense. And, and uh, Doc Ock uh, po- posits that it's very likely trying to reunite with its original body. That I do like. I really do like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's fun. I think it's a good detail. Yeah. I think it and, maybe and I- falls apart a little bit by the end, but just the reason why it would be pursuing Spider-Man yeah. or trying to find Spider-Man, I think that makes sense. Yeah, I think, you know, if you're not going to have Spider-Man be its original host, right. like I that's that's I think that's a great workaround for it yeah. to have your cake and eat it too cuz you know, you do inevitably get Spider-Man in the black suit later, right? Mm-hmm. Um but but you have a reason you don't have to have that set up to to make all the, you know, all the host jumping work. Yeah. So I also yeah. just like kind of love the idea of this sort of like blood turned into conscious being that's like panicking because it's outside of a body. It's a cool idea. You know? Yeah. Where it's like, yeah. I am not meant to exist on my own. I am meant to be part of a larger organism. I need to get back. Yeah. <laughs> I it's think a that's great, it's a, great a fun concept. thing to think about. 
It's just like freaking out. Like I am not home. Yeah. I need my safety blanket right yeah. now. Get me out of here. My safety blanket <laughs> made of flesh and bones. Yeah. You know, you know, <laughs> totally makes sense. It just wants to go home. Yes. Yeah. We can all relate. It's actually quite a sad story. Exactly. Just let it, just, just eat it, Peter. Let it be back <laughs> in the body. It's fine. <laughs> yeah just eat it whatever just eat it. Just eat it. that's where blood goes <laughs> well of course these ingredients uh all come together as you would expect given how they are introduced uh and right on cue peter's spider sense starts going off he excuses himself to the bathroom finds flash drinking from a bidet that I, he seemingly is that... knows is adjacent to a toilet I was confused about that, though, because that was my first thought. It's like, that's a fucking bidet. Obviously, it's shooting up. But it's like next. But that's not what, what Venom comes out of when he brings Peter Is over to the toilet. Right. It, it doesn't make I sense. It was. I think I thought it was supposed to be a bidet and because it's also very low to the ground. But there's also literally a toilet next to it. And that's what he brings Peter to. And that's what Venom oh, comes out of. So I think that maybe it's okay. actually supposed to be a sink. But like, well, I think but, it could he, still Flash be a still bidet. Says, I think it could still be a bidet. If it's right next to a toilet, it could still be like a full bidet as opposed to like a bidet attachment or whatever. I, but so I didn't realize. You, you would get up from the toilet and then sit on so. the bidet? I think that's I don't you, think that's. I think, no, I think I don't think the bidet, bidet started as an attachment. I think they were their no, own thing, aren't they? But you still poop in a bidet, though, I think. You do? Like, <laughs> I'm I pretty sure. I don't think you get up from the toilet Look, with your... I have one of the cool fancy attachments. Like, yeah, I have an attachment sense too. To so I don't know but how I, they work I in mean, France. <laughs> like I think I think you still I don't think it's I don't I don't think you have a separate toilet in addition to the bidet though, is the thing. I think it's all it's still all in one. Well then why are like, there two? I there's no way that's meant to be a sink. It's so low to right, the ground. I don't think so either. And it's it's very up. confusing. It's very confusing. But it does make sense to me that if he brought him to the toilet, that makes more sense that Flash would think it's a fountain. Yeah, because he says... Because at first, I thought he took him to the exact same thing he was just drinking out of. And I was like, so you know it's a toilet that you're drinking out of? Yeah, no, it's definitely a separate thing. Yeah, but but that's what it seems like that's supposed to be the joke, right? Because he's sort of like drinking out of this thing that's low to the ground, shooting water up, then refers to a fancy toilet. But then he just takes Peter over to a second device. So is it like, is it just like this really multi-layered joke that you have to think about that they're doing right now? Where it's like, you thought he's drinking out of the toilet, but actually, and then you think he knows it's a toilet, but actually it wasn't a toilet at all. (laughs) Yeah, I don't, I don't. I don't understand. Yeah. Also, also, there definitely are, and I, I, I can't explain to you why, but there definitely are bidets next to toilets. Why? Okay. Why is that? Somebody explain this to us. I, yeah, I really. We thought have bidet that... attachments over here. Okay, we're we're we make sense. Yeah, I just really thought that the difference between like our bidet attachments and classic bidets was that it was just like you know already built in functionally into the thing that you poop into. I think you can do that too. Or maybe that's, maybe they're just different kinds of bidets. I guess that's possible. I have no idea. Somebody help. I just, why would you want to get up I don't off the know, toilet dude. with your dirty ass to sit on another thing I don't know. to clean it? Why wouldn't you want it to be all in one? That's maybe why when what they were we're doing first, makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that, maybe when they were like first invented, that was a thing and like know. rich people had it, you know, like, so they, cause they could fit, Two, two toilet-sized things in their bathroom. And then as technology got better, it fused together. And then technology has continued. And now in America, we just have, you know, attachments that you can just add to your pre-existing toilet. So I don't know. I think that that I think that's that's poss- the possible. T- we need bidet history clearly right now. Somebody please deliver us the bidet history that we so desperately need. 
this is embarrassing. I hate that this is what the conversation had to be was us not knowing how a day's work. Look, I fucking love my attachment though. All I'll say is that you and I both have bidets and not everybody does. So we're, that's I, true. I feel fine. Yeah, that's true. I love, I'll like, happily be embarrassed by not shame. knowing how old school bidets work. Yeah. <laughs> Things are genuinely life changing, by the way. They are like gen, and it's wild how not expensive they are now. Like anybody could very have cheap one. changes your very life. Very cheap, very cheap changes your life. You can get it for saves like money in the long run. Target man, yeah, it's perfect. Tushy, please sponsor us. Please uh, our podcast. Please <laughs> <laughs> would be thrilled. <laughs> I was going to say that I'm surprised that we're having this much bidet talk, but Venom does the symbiote literally comes from the toilet. Like, yes, that is how it arrives at the party. Sludge frequently. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, of course, ultimate Spider-Man is going to have Venom come up the toilet. I can, I can imagine the looks on some comic book nerds faces when they watch this episode and they're like, they're having Venom come out of the fucking toilet. This show's ruining Spider-Man. What? Are you kidding me? Shit coming up through the toilet is terrifying. It is. Have you ever seen the movie Dreamcatcher? No. That's a bad example. That movie's actually actively bad. Oh. But uh but it is about like alien shit weasels coming out of the toilet. That sounds amazing. Um, there's other things in it that make it bad, but oh. that part of it's pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, when are you there are so few times when you are more vulnerable than yeah. when you're sitting on a toilet. It's terrifying yeah. that Venom would come out of a toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It uh yeah, sure. Anyway, Venom comes out of a toilet. It's very funny. And it comes out of the toilet like full almost fully formed and with a face and the ability to speak. Again, less than 12 hours this right. happened. That's this why is where I know like this is where I start to have an issue and know I have an issue, right? Because like yeah. this is where what you were talking about where it's like so it's a fully formed like life form, like full mm-hmm. human size, larger than human size, ability to speak like what has it learned from? Who is it learned right. from? What is it like, learning? It's like, make it a fucking alien. And if you really wanted to do something that was a riff on the Ultimate Comics version, then you can't do the story. Or you've got to do it over like the course of a couple episodes or something. Like, the, they tried to fuse like kind of two things together, like, and it doesn't work, you know? Like, I, yeah, yeah. It just... It doesn't make any sense. Well, and it's not even like a nitpicky. It's not even like a nitpicky. Like they, the timing isn't work or whatever. It's just like when you're watching it, it's just sort of like, where did that come There's from? a disconnect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a disconnect. It feels like something's missing, but the, the points of the episode unrelated to it are all flowing together in perfect time. Right. Yeah. So like all the social things happening, all the like yeah. teen drama, all of that stuff is happening on a fully reasonable timeline. So when I, this I, other thing is happening on like a really disconnected timeline, it's weird. That's, and there's yeah. no there's no reason that it has to be a fully formed life form, given how many and we haven't gotten there yet, but like given how many hosts it attaches itself to in rapid succession. Yeah, that's true. They could just it could just be like a slime thing that comes out that just like learns more with each passing host that it has. Yeah. And then eventually at by the end when it's like garnered enough knowledge to talk that's when it like kind of reveals its its intention to join back with spider-man yeah. that build-up would have been much better it still would have been like a really rapid fire but it at least like you could have kind of tracked it rather yeah. than just immediately being very smart and talking with a face right because this is also <laughs> when it's i mean it, it basically comes out of this toilet like aggressive and angry and seeking out spider-man and it kind of jumps from the idea that, oh, it, it's probably seeking out the original body it came from to reunite with it 
to like aggressively pursuing Spider-Man. And there's really no explanation as to like why that is. A lot of times it's because it gets into a fight with Spider-Man or Spider-Man tries to stop it or contain it or it like grows some sort of aggression from Spider-Man breaking up with it. You know what I mean? But like in this case, it's sort of like immediate. So like the back half of this is where I know exactly where my issues is, but like the actual like setup and premise of how Venom comes to be, I'm like fine with it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. It's this yeah. moment where it really like starts to be weird. And then like by the time the episode is done, I'm like fine with it again. It's like from here yeah. to when it starts attaching itself to hosts is really where I think like it doesn't make any sense. Because the host stuff is really cool. Like once it yes. starts doing that, it's sort of like, oh, that's the story, right? It is just your fucking just like alien, the thing kind of story or whatever. Just an alien taking over people's bodies. Like, And I love how shit. rapid it it's is. It's always actually. good. That's kind of like different, right? Like, yeah, it's not like uh, like looming or like stalking or whatever. Like in this version, it literally just like jumps from person to person, which is kind of yeah. cool. Well, and it, and it makes it, I think it, it utilizes the the party setting really oh, well for that because yeah. it just makes it really chaotic. And it's like, it's not meant to be scary, but it's also like scary when you think about it because it's sort of like this fucking slime monster. It's a classic, you know, teen slasher kind of situation, yeah! right? It's the big party and the monster attacks and starts oh, yeah. taking people out. It's just that its version of taking people out is like taking their bodies over and becoming a bigger monster yeah. and attacking people. So yeah. Yeah, I think I love that concept. I, I just wish that it had been executed. It's just a the little middle. better. The yeah. beginning and the end, fine. The middle, yeah, not so great. Yeah, absolutely. And just the middle of the Venom stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the first person that it attaches itself to is Flash, which is fun because yeah, that's we fun. know about Flash. Yeah, he had just become Agent Venom. I think like literally a year before this. Oh no came way! Out, so it was still. <laughs> brand brand new yeah nice oh that's fun (laughs) i like that so it attaches itself to flash um and it's it's sort of like uh it's sort of messy as it's on flash but it does attack peter and when peter uses his spider powers to escape it recognizes him immediately as like oh i'm looking for you you are the one Naturally, everybody like flees from the party. I say naturally as if like other shows wouldn't just have everybody like stick around. Um, But in this show, they all run, which I appreciate. I like the joke of the kid who like hears the roar from the bathroom <laughs> and his first instinct is like, tell me he rented a lion. That's Sam. Sam did that. Wait, that was Sam that who was said Sam. that? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't even catch that to that one. I'm pretty certain it like was. A guy. I mean, he just looks like every boy in the show, but That's like, he has like, the, I mean, like, like the other shield team members who have distinct designs. He's the most just like anonymous just design boy. out of all of them. He's just a boy. Um, no, yeah, it's funny. He's like, tell me you rent a lion. And everybody's just like, what? He's what? like, that's the thing that rich people do, right? They rent lions. Which, again, I feel like that's just the piling on of the absurdity of Harry's, like, wealthiness. Yeah. I think that's uh, yeah. they're just playing with that. And I think it would make sense that it's Sam then, right? He's making this, like, weird sweeping generalization about the weird shit that rich people do. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, I it guess, makes sense. Yeah. Now I'm second-guessing myself, but I'm pretty sure it was Sam. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I trust you to know more than I do, because I still don't even know... <laughs> Most of their names, I think, now that I think about it. Great. <laughs> Sam, Ava. I know Luke is a Luke Cage. I don't remember what Iron Fist's real name Danny is. Danny Rand. Danny Rand. I should know that. <laughs> okay. So actually, I did yeah. know them better than I thought. Yeah. Not giving yourself enough credit here. No. <laughs> so everybody runs. This is a perfect distraction. Peter suits up. And there's this moment where Harry and MJ are calling out for Peter. And Peter... Uh, suited up like from behind like a pillar or something is like, I'm fine. Go out, get out of here. 
So creates an alibi for himself as well. Mm-hmm. This doesn't mean Harry leaves right away, though, because it's his house. And so some of the S.H.I.E.L.D. team are like, okay, we're going to get you out of here. Everybody, let's go. Um, and it works, even though Harry's very irritated by this. Um, the S.H.I.E.L.D. team member who doesn't help get people out, though, is Nova, which I guess kind of still makes sense. Because yeah. if he sees Spider-Man suiting up, he's going to suit up. Sure. Makes sense. It's in character. Yeah. And after he attacks, then the life form attaches itself to him. So now Nova's Venom, basically. It's a mm-hmm. Nova Venom. No Venom? No Venom. It's no Venom. <laughs> and uses Nova's powers to attack Spider-Man. I like that every little Venom we're going to see has like a slightly different design to yeah. match who the characters were. Like Nova's, it just is like the shape of his helmet. Yeah, which I is like fun. that too. I think it's fun. I also don't mind. I, I'm curious to see what you think about this next thing. I don't mind it because of how they're handling their fourth wall breaks and stuff. Yeah. But do you like this sort of like figures it out? That it's a symbiote, and then it's just like, remember, guys, I'm a genius. Oh, I think that's fine. I just think it's funny because symbiote like is a word that's made up for Marvel comics, <laughs> so it's funny that it's just like, well, of course, the scientific term symbiote. Like, I think it's like, I, and I'm, I'm not mad about it because it's just like we just accept that symbiote yeah. is a word, so we just have to say that it's a word in Marvel comics. Yeah. It's just always funny when it comes up now because it's sort of like it made sense to be like it's sort of using symbiosis as if it were some sort of symbiote, like making up the word right. on the fly to explain what it is, and then. In this context, it's sort of like, well, of course, we all know what symbiotes are, right? It's just one of those <laughs> thing you everyone learns in biolo- biology yeah. class. <laughs> I mean, what yeah, was, I think it's fine. It's it's cute. What was the word for something that is part of a symbiotic relationship? I think it was just a symbiotic organism, probably. Huh. I, that's my guess. Do you think science has adopted the term symbiote yet? I hope so, because it's a great word. Why not? I mean, it, it's how words are formed in English all yeah. the time. It's a perfect explanation for like what that creature does. So yeah. why not? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I hope so. But yeah, the next person that it attaches itself to is Power Man. And Power Man's Venom symbiote is just like Venom with like a pair of sunglasses on, which I love. <laughs> it's so weird. It's so weird. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. And I no. love it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so it fights his power man for a bit. Then Iron Fist manages to punch off a power man, but ultimately ends up, you guessed it, as the next host. So uh, now Iron Fist is Venom, but he maintains enough control to deliver a message telling Spider-Man, Spider-Man, it wants you. And he, because, you know, Iron Fist has the power of the fist, he punches it off himself. I I know we've only seen four episodes. Yeah. This is my favorite Iron Fist stuff. I think it's sure, great. Yeah. For a couple oh, yeah, reasons. I mean, One. Okay, yeah, go ahead. He I love the fact that Iron Fist of all of the characters that it attaches itself to, we don't see it attach itself to one character. Shocker. Oh jeez. Yeah. Dumb. <laughs> dumb and bad. Bad show. You fucking suck. Come on. You can't even let White Tiger be a fucking Venom symbiote for like two seconds? She would seconds? be so cool as a Venom. Oh my god. Like, come on. No, but she's she's not cool enough to be Venom. She's got to be the smart, capable girl that the boys don't agree with. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Spider-Man Jesus. must intervene when it goes to attack the one girl. But yeah. but what I was Whatever. what I was getting at was I do think it makes a lot of sense that Iron Fist, the one who is sort of like the spiritual, meditative, uh, pacifist, sort of like in tune with life and nature and energy and all that sort of stuff, is the one that it most slowly is able to take over. And there's this sort of like in-between gray moment 
where he's able to like connect with it and read its thoughts in a way that Nova and Power Man were not able to. Yeah. I think that's really cool. And then I also think it's so fucking cool that he can punch it off himself. That's really cool. Like Nova is immediately taken over. Power Man immediately taken over. Iron Fist, I think, is actually a fascinating host based on yeah. just the few moments we get with him hosting this uh this Venom symbiote. I agree with you. Yeah. I think it I think this 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 uses Iron Fist really well and really smartly. And it's kind of um, subtle. They don't really focus on it. They don't put a huge spotlight mm-hmm. on it. Yeah, but it but it makes sense when you think about it. Like, yeah, yeah of course he would be the one that would be able to resist the Venom symbiote yeah. more than anyone else. And how fucking um, cool is the sequence where he punches it off himself? I don't yeah, know why. I just think cool it's so fucking badass. It's cool as hell. Yeah, it's totally cool as hell. Also, <laughs> you know, we were talking earlier, like, the Venom symbiote never needed to say a fucking word before now because it didn't because how cool would it be if the entire episode it's just a slime monster attacking them and the first insight you get into its motives is just right now yes. Iron Fist communicating that it never needed to talk it can talk once it's on Spider-Man and is sort of like complete or whatever yeah. I'm fine with that but it didn't need to be talking at all beforehand well, it could have just been like like this because this would have been a cool moment if it's like oh this you're the one person who was able to like kind of get in touch with it and actually understand that it actually has motives well yeah this should be the moment where they realize it's sentient right iron yeah, fist yeah, should yeah, be yeah. the one to be like oh my gosh you guys this thing's like it's not just alive it is like it has thoughts and feelings yeah. and emotions and, and motivation yeah. like you said it actually yeah 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 <sighs> it's it's really just the middle part it's totally the middle part yeah because this this shit is all cool yeah weird fucking middle part well we already got weird. to this a little bit um white tiger doesn't get to be a venom <laughs> Uh, it starts to move toward White Tiger, and this is when Spider-Man is like, nope, you've gone too far. You're not allowed to d- attack the girl. The girl's not allowed to be Venom, okay? The nerds will get mad. <laughs> and so he not volunteers sh- himself. We, we, we can't let it. We can't. We can't let there be some sort of she venom. No way. How dare they? <laughs> There's no precedent for that. <laughs> But yeah, he ultimately volunteers himself. He sacrifices himself, which isn't even a bad moment. It's just the timing is a little suspect. Yeah, um, sure. So he volunteers himself. When he does, he basically gets the download on like how the symbiote was created. I do kind of like this because essentially what he's getting is he's getting like the earliest memories of the symbiote gaining sentience, I guess. I and guess the so, first yeah. words that it internalized were Otto Octavius saying distilled aggression pure venom right so the very first thing it's hearing is about how it is aggressive and it's venomous and it is violent and all this sort of stuff sure. it probably already was that but then Otto is reinforcing that yeah that's I mean that, and that's a cool concept that it's yeah. just like not even this creature's fault that it's evil because it was sort of like literally like created with that in mind mm-hmm. and that's the first thing that it had heard and internalized like I, I kind of love that a lot yeah, yeah. especially because Otto intentionally I don't know how he did this found the most dangerous pieces of spider-man's dna or whatever <laughs> yeah, that's the thing right? you could do sure whatever so it's like gen- <laughs> yeah i guess it's genetically engineered to be mad um, serial killer genes that you detect. <laughs> oh, and it's they came genetic. from spider-man baby came from spider-man <laughs> um yeah yeah i like this a little bit before it but when spider-man was like considering uh, or not considering when he was just like trying to work out like 
Like, I don't want you to be part of me. Or I don't know. Maybe you can take it. Uh, maybe I'll I'll take it on on days and oh, weekends, yeah. <laughs> and you can take it when you're mowing the lawn. And then, like, I love the little visual of like a cartoony Venom mowing the lawn. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so adorable. <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, the cartoon cutaways is when we get like the most exaggerated versions of Venom. Like, that's where you get your yeah. like huge buff, like eight yeah. foot wide shoulder version of Venom. You know? Yeah. Right. Right. I dig it. <laughs> Pushing that's a little very... lawnmower. <laughs> A little longer. It's very cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then Spider Man Venom's like first words, I think, are just like friends, yummy. Mm-hmm. Love it. That's like, that's like old school Venom that I take. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it also, um, I only say this because I'm like chuckling at myself. I used to be so hung up on the idea that Venom could only refer to itself with plural pronouns. Okay. And I remember, isn't it the uh, Spider-Man 3 like doesn't do that? And I remember being like yeah. pissed about that. Oh, I was pissed too. Um, it's like not as essential to the character <laughs> as I thought. It's like a thing that I mm-hmm. feel like I've learned. And so it's just funny like watching this show where like if I watched this in real time, I probably would have been like, it just used I instead of we. Yeah. Do I prefer it to use we? Sure. But yeah, it's like not it's as a big co- a deal as I used to think it was. <laughs> it's a cool aspect of the character. I think in Ultimate Comet in the Ultimate Comics, I don't think it uses we either. So like so that makes the sense. precedence the precedence been there, you know. It's like one of those things where like it makes sense in context. It's a really clever clever thing and a clever way to yeah. identify when it's a the sentient alien bonity or whatever, but like it's also not necessary if it it's doesn't not, really make sense for that story, well i mean so. we've talked about this with other spider-man things where it's like these ideas that like uh an individual might be like m- married to as like an essential spider-man thing mm-hmm. that like the more you dig in the more you're like eh, i guess it really wasn't as essential as i thought it was <laughs> yeah 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 that's but, definitely true for that but i do love the Wii thing i uh i will always mm-hmm. wish that they would do it but it's, i, it's I, pref- I definitely here. prefer i prefer we we the we pro plural pronouns yeah but i think it's fun okay it's fun yeah i'm okay with that. i think it makes sense to not do it in this case because I feel like it's more the Venom symbiote taking over rather than like bonding with someone, right. you know. It's very clearly its own organism, standalone, sentient yeah. type of it's thing. It's like taking so, over people yeah. pretty much yeah. exclu- exclusively. So Yeah. And when it takes over Spider-Man, like this is where we get the Venom that we expect, right? Like full white spider emblem, you know, shaped like we would expect Venom. Yeah. And I like like a lot of the other thing that I like about this whole section of the episode, like preceding this and continuing it is I feel like there's a sort of like shonen anime kind of structure for it where it's like one hero fighting Venom at a time, basically. Yeah. Yeah, and then because it, it happens before it leading up to Spider Man getting take over, and so kind of continues. It's so they don't really team up to fight him like for a while, like you know, uh, which I, I think is really it's it's a fun way to structure this episode and keep the like you know it, keep the tension up because it's like yeah. they can't gang up on him or anything. Well, what's yeah. silly? I mean, I guess let's just beat this drum again. Uh, with regards okay. to fucking up the white tiger of it all, one thing that is speci- that is specifically very that like what you're talking about is like the progression of characters that it takes over as host is Nova to Power Man to Iron Fist, and each one of them, Power Fist and Iron Power, God, I, God damn it, Power <laughs> Man and Iron Fist, both basically are like, I am strong enough to do this. So I don't care what you have to say, Spider-Man. I'm going to still do it, right? And so they have, like, the three boys do it 
all like stupidly and ill-advised, then they have the opportunity for White Tiger to be the one who is like, I am not a stupid boy. I will not just try to punch it harder than the last guy did and have it still fail. And then you have like something compelling there where it's like, oh, it's actually good enough where it's not just you know overpowering like she tried something different actually but like they don't even give her that no poor white tiger i know she could have been used here they could have done what they could have used what they sort of established Mm -hmm. uh to do something interesting or subversive within the within the context of the sequence yeah where they're all just like i will have more will than the last guy and she could have commented on that and been like you're all stupid yeah but yeah not even not even. If we don't get a white tiger venom at some point in this series, oh, Jesus, be so mad. I mean, like I know there's, I feel like there's a lot of venom stuff in this show, so we, pro- I feel like it has we, to we happen. Have to, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, let her do things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this this rooftop battle is going on. Uh, while that's happening, MJ climbs up there with her camera to get the scoop, like an old Lois Lane. Gotta get the scoop. Naturally, Harry follows, and uh, when he's seeing Venom's power, he notes to himself, whoa, it's stronger than Spider-Man. Hmm. Did he know? How did he know? How, did he see it take over Spider-Man, though? How did he know that was it was stronger than Spider-Man? How um, did he know that Spider-Man's there? I the think... Hmm. Or did he I'm just trying deduce to remember me? the sequence maybe, of events, right? I so guess like, maybe he could have deduced that he's seen the thing take over people. Then he sees the thing with the Spider-Man emblem yeah. and figures out, oh, he took over Spider-Man, therefore it's strong. I think it could have been clearer, but I don't think it's far-fetched. No, I think that that actually, I forgot the Spider-Man emblem thing, that it that yeah. it's only on Spider-Man. So <sighs> actually, I think that makes sense. Man, remember Spectacular's emblem situation? You know, the way that it's just like evolved. God, nothing fucking time. beats that. Yeah, the truly... The, the bait and switch of like, oh, they're doing a riff on the movie costume. Mm. Wait, it's changing? Oh. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what a fucking genius idea, so good. man. No one's so ever good. done it better. Go watch no Spectacular. It's on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so moments later, Venom notices MJ and Harry, tries to attack, uh, but with Harry in danger... Now Peter's consciousness activates because he's like, oh, no, Harry, my best friend. No. And now he's able to fight the symbiote off of him uh, as it it, or he tries to fight the symbiote off of him as it fights to stay on. Um, The ensuing fight of which is fucking so well animated. So it looks so goddamn cool. It is phenomenal. Yeah. I there's nothing to take away from this. It is like sick. Yeah, because it's like they're like still like partially fused together. Yes. Like it, it is like the bottom half is still Venom's legs, and it's like mm-hmm. Spider-Man's torso with ve- like the top half of Venom, like literally fighting each other in the same body. And like they do all these really fucking cool like camera moves yeah. around them that had to be a, a, just a nightmare to animate. Yep. Um, like these three sixty shots as they're on the rooftop, just struggling and punching each other, and the lighting is really cool. It's just like really, really incredibly well done. Yeah, it's so cool. It's very cool. God, like Venom stuff really brings out some of the best like animation in these shows. Like remember As the it 20 se- remember like in 2017 in the Sandman episode, the whole sequence of the symbiote taking Spider-Man yeah. over and then him like going like full anime fight yeah. on Sandgirl. And, it's so like so good. And Spectacular did like some co- Spectacular which like mm-hmm. 
had like a really simplified style did some cool stuff with their venom symbiote and the way that it moved and stuff too like mm-hmm. i just remember it spinning <laughs> I don't know, like, oh yeah I spinning and like and and like breaking itself on the ground like to slow yep. itself down yeah it just yeah it inspires um i guess because it doesn't have to follow the same rules as the other bodies on the screen you know yeah that's true i mean yeah it can just have like tentacles protruding out of it and doing shit like basically a bunch of extra limbs that yeah. don't have to act like regular limbs not at all yeah it's great yeah cool so shit. cool but this is i mean this is genuinely some of the coolest venom shit we've seen uh in any cartoon i would argue it's really good yeah it's it's so cool so this fight this rad as hell fight um is apparently also uh very big impact in its blows because it's enough to like cause harry to like stumble and fall off the side of the building i guess i don't really know what they were standing on maybe they were just like on a ladder or a ledge or something Uh um but he falls and uh he falls as norman is like driving up so norman is there in time to see harry falling uh but mj of all people manages to catch him and it is i didn't think it was important at first that mj is the one to catch him but I do think it is by the time we get to the end of the episode. And I'll be curious to see how it plays out in subsequent episodes. Interesting. Yeah, that's. I didn't even think about that. But that's a good thought. So recognizing that he can't and doesn't have to fight Venom alone, Spider-Man calls for help from Nova to free his hands. And then he uses his electro-webbing to once again electrocute himself, which successfully blasts the Venom symbiote off of him. It's also cool as hell. Also very fucking cool. <laughs> fucking love that. Yeah. Um, I also didn't note this, but there's like a moment where the blasted off Venom symbiote like uh, like splats Iron Fist to a wall or something, which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That poor kid. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I guess it's fine. I guess. I, I don't know how uh, you, you have more background in, in how electricity actually affects Venom, given the inspiration here. But like. I wasn't sure what was going to happen next. I was like, is it just like dead tissue? Like, what is it? I think, I mean, in the comics, it's basically the equivalent of like fire and Sonic. They just, they just created a new weakness for it. that wasn't fire and Sonic. So, you know, it just repels it or or weakens it or whatever. This seemed to like pretty effectively fry it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess maybe this is like the, the earliest baby version of Venom. So like, it's Mm -hmm. not, it's probably not reached its full power. I think uh, it makes sense. So I mean, good electrocution is going to do a number on it. And, you know, uh, we see by the end that at least a piece of it survives. So it still didn't <gasps> kill it anyway. So. What? Spoiler. Sorry. <laughs> uh, but anyway, blasts Venom off. Harry asks Spider-Man and the S.H.I.E.L.D. team if they saw Peter. They assure him Peter is fine. And Norman arrives and blurts out, you destroyed it? And then catches himself when they kind of look at him funny and is like, that's great news. <laughs> God, Norman, jeez. Like, I you've got to be smarter than that, man. Yeah, this is sloppy on. for Norman. This isn't like manipulative bastard Norman. Like that's that's just like yeah, that's just I'm disappointed in you, master. Yeah. Like, Nor- you're normally a better mastermind than yeah. that, man. <laughs> Actually, it'll be interesting to see how they handle someone like Norman Osborn, right? Yeah, because they can't really do the level, I mean, at this stage in the show, the way that things have played out, it doesn't seem like they're interested in doing the level of like complexity that some other more manipulative Norman Bastard, Norman Bastards is what I almost I mean, call them, because I'm manipulative Bastards, um, Norman Osborns have been before, so like, there's not... Like, it's kind of hard because this show plays things pretty broadly most of the time. Not to say that there isn't like subtlety here and there, but like... Sure. 
you know, they, they're not, they, they don't seem to be interested in, in, in plunging into some of the depths that other shows do, even like the 2017 show. Yeah. I'm guessing we're not going to get like spectacular or 2017, like full gaslight months long, yeah. like manipulation of one's own son version of Norman. No, I, I, there's no way we're going to see something like that. I think a T is going to be more like your kind of old school Lex Luth Lex Luthor, not even like, Ooh, tell me more. Not even like, not even, I mean like the more just like, he's just like corporate a, bad guy, a, a, a corporate. Yeah. More, I think probably actually more like the evil scientist Luthor than even the, the like corporate guy where it's just like, I am just uh, out to destroy the superheroes, but also I have to pretend that I am, uh, good in the face of the public. And like, that's it. There's just not really any mm-hmm. more nuance to it. It's just a dual identity thing without putting on a mask, basically, which yeah. makes things like this happen the same way with Kingpin, but scientist. Yeah. Yeah. I guess more like that really, you know, and, and more, which, so he can still have the same slip ups as Spider-Man does where it's like, Oh wait, I forgot that I'm in my good Norman persona, <laughs> not my evil Norman persona. Uh, no, I'm glad that you destroyed my experiment. I mean the experiment that, 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 I mean the, the evil creature the, that the what may or may not have been an experiment. <laughs> the, wait, what, what are you even talking about? Like, I don't, you know, I think that he's smart in that. He's an, yeah. he's a bad guy. He's not necessarily smart in that he's, good at manipulating people it seems like yeah but i don't know i'm willing to be uh surprised as it goes along who knows i mean if if the show you know i i don't know the show's already done so like people listening to this who've seen the whole thing could be laughing at this but like the show certainly has the potential to evolve in such a way that like little funny things that are happening early on in the series could end up evolving into like bigger more serious things later that you're sort of like Mm -hmm. oh shit they actually did something with that um, I'm not necessarily expecting that to be the case, but like these are those moments, right? Where it's like Norman has a slip up or like Norman has a slip up and Spider-Man looks at him funny when he does it. Like you can so mm-hmm. easily write it off as a joke because Spider-Man gets to make a funny face, but also down the road it could be, oh, that's right. Norman did react weird to these things. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. so. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, he also checks in with Harry. He's actually, this will be an interesting thing too, because the Norman-Harry relationship is always fascinating, or should be, I would argue. Um, And in this show so far, he has been portrayed as mostly just being a little negligent, but not hostile to Harry. Because he even Mm -hmm. checks in on Harry. Um, He specifically doesn't want Otto to attack the school because Harry goes to that school. Yeah. We've seen versions of Norman who seem caring, but turn out to not be. So it'll be fun to see uh, how they play with at least that relationship if they don't necessarily play with the Norman himself. Mm -hmm. But so far, he seems to genuinely care about Harry. He also praises Spider-Man for keeping Harry safe, to which Harry replies sarcastically, yeah, hooray for Spider-Man. Because Harry knows that Spider-Man arguably did not have anything to do with keeping him safe uh, at least from his perspective he does not know that spider-man burst out of venom because harry was in danger and spider-man certainly wasn't the one to keep him from falling yeah i i feel like it's it's so this is so interesting now because we 
you know, we went backwards and have seen the 2017 show before watching this one. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder if this is going to have some similar beats to the 2017 show with Harry. Because, you know, the arc that we really ended up really digging in that show was like Harry having ended up kind of having this like inferiority complex because of like how often he was kind of like would try to do something cool and then was not allowed yeah. to do anything cool and we got humiliated and stuff. And in this episode, it feels very much like. Harry just kind of completely gets like shunned and and ostracized, but like from his perspective, shunned and ostracized from his friend, and then like doesn't even really get to like do anything cool and has to get saved by Mary Jane. And like, I mean, it, it's not obviously it's not as like clear and and heavy as it was in 2017, like even early on. But I would be curious if that's sort of a direction they in some a version of a direction they take with him in this show i could see it manifesting as like instead of the inferiority thing a more like feeling neglected by everyone type of thing and then becomes resentment in a very classic harry osborne way yeah for sure because like his friends are neglecting him his dad is like neglecting him and then like as all these heroes are fighting this thing and they're in danger like everybody but mary jane seemingly neglects him too so like i could see it being more of like a resentful type of yeah. thing as opposed to well i guess i guess the 2017 one is resentful but just for a different reason for different reasons and in yeah. a more you know more understandable way i think this yeah. this this harry maybe is just a little bit up his own ass just a little bit yeah but, but that, i mean that's you know. okay that's okay for a harry depending yeah. on what and you he's do a teen and yeah. and he's a teenager so right. it makes sense i mean if there's one thing doing this podcast has taught me it's that like the 2017 harry is actually quite remarkable and many harry's actually just kind of suck a lot most Harry's suck a lot, actually. So I think, yeah. You know, if this one is just more in the direction of the 2017 one, like, I'll be pretty pleased, even if it doesn't yeah. match that. For sure. Um, what's interesting to me is that this moment, this sarcastic hooray for Spider-Man thing, is not lost on Spider-Man. They don't make a huge deal of it. They just feature his reaction. Um, but he doesn't reflect, break the fourth wall, anything like that. He just kind of walks away dejected because he knows that he tried to save Harry. Um, mm-hmm. But he also knows that he didn't save Harry from falling off a building. Yeah. So back at Otto's lab, Otto you know, expects a tirade from Norman, but Norman actually surprises him by calling the symbiote a success. And he just demands a new, improved prototype. Is that uh, is that going to be carnage? Probably. Fuck me. <laughs> Yeah, of course it's going to be carnage. I, it, what are you talking about? I, it, I just, it only occurred to me now. I don't why know why. Why would it be anything but carnage? <laughs> it just didn't occur to me because I don't think of carnage very much. Like, yeah, let there but, be carnage is my favorite carnage. But also, look. <laughs> Although some of the comic carnage stuff was like very funny in camp. We have only, we have seen carnage in the 90s show. And we've seen, um, we've seen carnage in Spider-Man Unlimited. And in Sp- carnage in Spider-Man Unlimited was like barely but he wasn't even like he a wasn't character. really carnage, so yeah. he wasn't really carnage so like i will say we really have barely t- seen carnage ever on our podcast really yeah. so this could be another this there's no reason why this wouldn't necessarily be one that you like i know it's just so fast but it's not fast but it seems so fast but it's not but who knows when it's actually gonna happen though like they're setting it up but like that doesn't mean that it's gonna show up in the next episode and true I, Spoiler, it doesn't show up in the next I mean, episode, hey, so. maybe this will be the slow burn that I always think Venom will be, and it's not. Yeah, for sure. Who knows? Yeah. It's just funny yeah. that it only occurred to me as we were recording this that that's what this was referring to. Yeah, that's hilarious. I just was like, oh, you're going to make another Venom? That seems weird. 
That's literally well, what I thought when I was watching it. I mean, to be fair, there's precedent in the comics for like 80,000 different symbiotes that are all just basically just Venom again. Sure. So like, you know, sure. I don't blame you for thinking that. Can you imagine like what, like how funny would it be if this show really was just like, yeah, we're just going to do two Venoms. Like, why not? That'd be funny. No, it's not, not Carnum. It's just Venom 2. It's Venom 2. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Well, we'll see where that goes sometime in the future, probably. Well, I'm curious because again, Otto's reaction is 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 notable, I think. Like he seems to react resentfully, like, yeah, I will do that, but he does not seem happy about it. And again, what are they building to? I don't know. <laughs> what is going to happen? Because Norman said he will not not tolerate more failures, uh, but that doesn't seem to be what the payoff is gonna be. It seems to me that Otto is going to Rebel against Norman, no? I think so. That's that what it like, feels like. Or it's leading to, yeah, which should be fun. I think it would be kind of cool if if Otto like usurps Norman as the big bad. I'm pretty sure that's not what happens, but at least like tr- cool. at least tries to yeah. and does for a while, you know. It also, I mean, I think Otto. We haven't learned anything about Otto, but it does feel like Otto is the dark part of this show. Like there it seems does. to be an implication. That whatever Otto Octavius is now is not necessarily something he agreed to. And that Norman feels like Otto should be grateful for what he Hmm. has become. And Otto maybe doesn't feel the same way. But I have no idea. Like, I I don't, they're not telling us anything. Nope. Yeah, I I don't, I don't know what to think. I can't, I, I, I don't even know what my opinions really are. How could you have one? don't know anything thing about it it's other than that it's his just hair weird and off-putting and his hair is gross yeah um i i can't say that i i can't imagine he'll be one of my favorite autos but also maybe everything i'll learn about him will be like this guy's actually really fascinating so i don't know i don't expect he'll be my favorite auto but if this is where they allow themselves to turn down the comedy and explore something a little mm-hmm. bit like weirder and darker that is sort of mm-hmm. you know a lot of people who do comedy do horror well and vice versa so if if they allow Otto to be that in the show i could see where my appreciation for it would be but i also don't think he'll be one of my favorites yeah that'd be interesting i don't know i don't even know i really don't know what to expect so we'll we'll see (laughs) (laughs) so back at the osbournes harry and peter check in with each other and confirm they're still best friends of course everything's good they trauma bonded (laughs) it's fine no smoothies Um, though no, no smoothies in this in this show. Yep. Uh, Peter attempts to explain that the Shield crew aren't really that bad, well, except for Sam. Which I, you know what? Don't disagree with you there, Pete. <laughs> but Harry, uh, while they're having this conversation, he gets distracted by a smear of the symbiote on the piano, and Peter doesn't see this. But Harry bottles it up, hides it from Peter, and replies to Peter, "You know what? Let's give it a shot." What's the harm in making a new friend? <gasps> I love, I, I do like that sort of those thematic ties that they have. Yeah. Like this whole episode is just about friends. And do you want to, I, Harry says at one point, like, I don't need more friends, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. You know, it's just, I mean, it's nothing like super deep or complex or anything. It's just about, about friendship. But I do like the idea of like Venom, the, this, this character or the symbiote being this thing that specifically needs to like bond with people mm-hmm. in an episode about friends sort of forming bonds and breaking bonds and questioning their bonds like clever stuff i'm I'm here for it when it makes perfect sense it builds perfectly for a harry who feels like he is losing his friends and his relationships yeah sure sure yeah totally makes sense 
I, I like where it leaves it off. It makes me really interested in uh, what they're going to do with this Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Yes. Well, again, so many good faces. This episode especially really highlights their like silly cartoon cutaway uh, style. They don't follow any sort of models in their cutaways, which is a delight for me. So a lot of them are just these weird little cutaways. So like one of them that I thought was really funny was like, I think it was at the very beginning when Peter was talking about how good of a friend Harry was. I think Flash like stole Peter's clothes from the locker room. Yeah. And so Harry gave him clothes. Harry's just making a very funny face. It is a very funny face. He has no nose. He's making like a kissy face. It's great. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Also, I laughed so hard at May's sick face on the wheel of excuses. I don't know why. It's just such a good face. It's so like incredible bizarre. shapes and just like such a good expression. <laughs> She's not wearing a shirt for some reason. I don't know. Like, <laughs> She's sometimes when I'm sick, I don't want to wear anything either. That's, I'm too hot. A good point. You know, good I get point. it. Yep. 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 Um, very also funny. very funny that one of the, the excuse wheels for this show in particular is Aunt May is sick when this show has made such a point of saying yeah. that she's so cool and so employed and so healthy and active. Well, that's why it's such a good excuse because people will just be like, Aunt May's sick? Well, it must be serious. She's too cool and busy to be sick. <laughs> and youthful and, mm-hmm. and just youthful and healthy. I know. She has a job. How could she be sick? Yeah, people with jobs don't have sick. <laughs> never. And people with jobs never get sick. That's why they don't have sick days. Exactly. Who needs them? <laughs> Bark. Um, yep. But what's especially funny to me is that with an episode that so liberally does weird animation in its cutaways. There is this one moment during the party when everyone's running away where this one girl who kind of looks like Sally in most iterations Mm -hmm. is like screaming really loud, fully like unhinges her jaw, like full like (laughs) squash and stretch style animation. Looks like she's out of like Animaniacs or something. (laughs) Um, And everything else in the scene is perfectly normal while she just like, opens her mouth wide enough to swallow a human being. Great. Good shit. Horrifying. Beautiful. (laughs) Appropriate reactions from Harry and Mary Jane, too. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Great. Uh, Fun stuff. Yeah, this episode's fascinating. I really enjoyed talking through it. Yeah. I'm glad we did. Yeah, because it was one that I felt weird about at the end of it, because I was like, I like, I, I really, really love, honestly like the general premise of it and some of the stuff that they're doing. And like, just like, like you said, you know, the alien jumping or not his exclusive, explicitly not an alien. The creature jumping from host to host is just such a fun, like cool, like horror movie riff. And it's such a cool way to get cool action out of it. Uh, that whole sequence is so good. All the, the fight stuff at the end is good. I, I think the stuff with Harry is really good. Um, and sort of understanding like, Oh, it really is just like these weird details and the sort of way that they, executed their venom story like way too quickly and didn't really like i don't know it's like they didn't really think through what they were doing with venom here and just kind of threw it in like it almost feels kind of uncharacteristic for this show even as like sort of broad as it often is because it does feel like they at least like understand like what what they're doing what their goals are and it feels like feels like with venom like they just didn't really like know what they wanted to do with it. They're just sort of like automated and it's, and now we're going to have this thing with it. And they just kind of threw it in without connecting any dots, I guess. See, for me, it's just the connection. Like, I think they know where they wanted their venom to come from and where they wanted their venom to go. 
Yeah, um, I, I, I think it is the connection parts, part of it. It's just the it's. I said it so many times. It's just that middle. It's just this weird middle part where they just like didn't connect a to b. Like they just they fully skipped a couple letters because I think they just wanted to get to the venom part sooner. When like getting to the venom part based on what they established, based on their foundation, was mm-hmm. was actually going to be really cool. You know. Yeah. Um. I think you know it's it would have been not without precedent but maybe weird for the show to do a two-parter this early but like i really feel like we needed to see the venom side of this because yeah. all the teen side of st- like all the social stuff all the teen and team stuff was really really good it just yeah, like i agree there just wasn't like room or space i guess i don't know if that's even true because i think we kind of figured out how they could have done it but yeah. it just feels like they must not have thought there was room or space to show the venom side of things enough in the middle yeah, I agree. But I'm so glad I, we I, talked about it because now I at least know what bothers me. And I agree with you too. I think the high school drama stuff in this is good. In a show that I was worried they really weren't going to have room and space for, this this yeah. is a case like they actually did. They gave way more room and space to the teen stuff than they did to the Venom stuff, um, which I'm glad that they did, but I think they just also should have given room to the Venom stuff. Yeah. But I, I, I think that they, they balance the you know the shield of it all and actually like mine some drama out of that. Uh, in a way that I really wanted them to address. I was really worried that it was just going to always just be like fun, like detention jokes or whatever. And now it's like, oh no, this is how Peter's new life with shield is actually affecting his previous yeah. life directly and like genuinely hurting his friends and his friendships and relationships and stuff like that stuff is good. That's what I was hoping. I would hoping we would get and worried we wouldn't. And we did. And and I, and I think that stuff is really interesting. Yeah. In this episode. I think it's encouraging that the only fury and Colson we got in this was just, one moment of fury at the very beginning and then peter remembering fury's advice towards the end like that I was literally it. F- forgot he was even yeah i think that's a good sign i think that's encouraging yeah it means they're willing to have episodes that aren't super shield heavy thank god <laughs> <laughs> it, i think a balance will be good for this show because it will keep its character without losing the spider-man you know absolutely i think that's very important so fully agree cool yeah, well, um, you know what else is cool? I've probably <laughs> used that transition. No way you've ever used that thousands one. Thousands and thousands of times. No chance. Hey, whatever, it's fine. Uh, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash snappers. I'm sure we'll do some extra stuff. I think we just have to read some Ultimate Comics yeah. uh, to go along with this show now that we've been referencing them so much. Yes, I, please. I would love to revisit some of those. It's been years and years and years since I read them. And also check out our Discord Link to our Discord is in our show notes. You can chat with us about our episodes, any thoughts you have about this show or anything. Anything. doesn't even have to be related to the podcast. We're happy to uh, talk to our listeners there. But if you'd like to find us individually and everything we're working on, where can we find you, Doug? You can find me on Twitter at IckyBooley, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on a podcast called Novel Gaming, where I get together with my friend Katie, and we catch up on all the media we've been consuming lately with a focus on books and video games. And if you like Pokemon, you can listen to me on another four-eyed radio show called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast. Uh, so check that out. What about you, Derek? 
Sure, you can find me on Twitter at Derek B. Gale. You can also find my podcast, Gimmicks, which looks at the high-concept, experimental, structure-breaking, gimmicky episodes of television with a different show and a different guest for every episode I do. As of this episode drop, the first episode of the new season of Gimmicks should have come out <gasps> last week. Ooh. So you can go over to that feed now, and it will be there. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, as well as on Twitter and Instagram at GimmicksPod. You can also check out our po- other podcast, Falling with Style, an ongoing Pixar movie marathon, where we watched every Pixar film chronologically uh, that has come out to this point. There won't be another episode for a while until the next Pixar film comes out. But in the meantime, you can check out all of those episodes that exist, including our end of marathon retrospective. Um, so you got a whole bank of episodes to uh, to listen to if you have never listened to that show and get all of our thoughts on every Pixar movie that has ever happened. You can find that show fully archived along with all of our episodes of Walloping Web Snappers at our website, wallopingwebsnappers.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Walloping Web Pod. We post all of our like images and faces of the episode there. So if you want to see what we're talking about, you can easily see those things on our socials. You can also email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. And we would love it if you could please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all your podcast platforms that lets you do that. Next week, this is going to sound familiar <laughs> for oh. people who have seen Spider-Man movies in the last few years, because oh. next week, <laughs> Spider-Man meets Iron Man. <gasps> Wild that that's ever happened. What? In the episode, Flight of the Iron Spider. Wow. Wow. See ya. Bye. Bye.